You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show with the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so let's just get started. Hi, this is Jared, the Uber driver from Texas, and go back up, go to victory. Um, I was just calling in regards to, I believe, Trucker Bob said uh, something about, you know, not going on in the fourth down and going for other conversions and everything like that. I I just want to say, whenever you're playing, you know, the Lions who go on it for fourth down so many times and way, way to go defense, you know, stopping them on those fourth downs and fake punts. But um, I, I don't – I remember I used to feel, you know, like, yeah, take your points, right. except for that game. It, Mike McCarthy was the coach. And they uh, they kept kicking field goals on, like, fourth and short in the red zone. And we ended up losing the game by, like, less than a field goal or something. I don't remember exactly the score, but ever since that game, I'm just saying, like, if you need to go for it because you just keep getting field goals, do it. But, uh, yeah, that's all I had to say. Go back, go. Yeah, I think that's everybody, the NFL as a whole included. I think the data community has kind of been up on this for a while that, you know, you need to be a little bit more aggressive and the NFL community starting to um, take notice. You're seeing teams do it more often. Like I said, it makes me uncomfortable, although I acknowledge it's probably the right thing to do. And I am becoming more and more comfortable with it. I'm seeing a lot more conversions. And I I just, it you know, once you see it in action, because for so long, like you just did not go for it on fourth down. Like it's just like almost never a thing you do unless it's, you know, game on the line, need it right now. Otherwise you're either in field goal range or you punt. You don't go for it on fourth down. It's stupid. Now it's just automatic. If you're kind of in that gray zone, you're beyond the 50 yard line, but outside of field goal range, it's almost automatic. Assuming it's not, you know, a, a extremely long, you know, fourth and let's say five-ish or more. I don't know. Fourth and 10, whatever. No, they'd go for it on fourth and five. 
Uh, but you brought up a, a good point earlier, just in, in acknowledging that it's Detroit and that being sort of a part of it. You know, we're not we're not here to to kick field goals. You know, we're we're here to win. And I know that sounds silly because it's like, well, that's the whole point is I don't want you to lose by missing field goals, but or or by missing field goal opportunities. But it's like, you know, y- you have to come in and swing for the fences. When you're the underdog and you're playing a team that has been sort of the more aggressive, the more talented, the more whatever, plus they're really good at home and you're not very good on the road, you know, that's when you do things that are kind of even counter to the data. For example, we're going to win the coin toss and elect to receive. Like, there's no reason to do that. You know, statistically speaking, it makes more sense to defer and see if you can maybe double up. You know, you get that score end of half, get the ball back, score again thing. But that's just a part of the overall, you know, and, and it is a risky strategy because if it fails, you look stupid. You know, if you elect to receive and go three and out, you look like an idiot. If you go for it instead of taking the field goal, which again, you're talking 60% or, you know, 50% compared to 90% or whatever the numbers are, you look like an idiot. If you go for two and don't get it instead of taking the extra point, you look like an idiot. But, you know, it's worth the risk because otherwise you just kind of sleepwalk through it. And then if you lose by three, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of, it's just, I get it from the standpoint of trying to get your 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 players hyped up and say that I, I believe in you guys and we're going to be aggressive and we're going to go get them. And, and the other thing that I've been saying is I, I want the team to, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Don't leave this Lions game looking like just some ho-hum piece of garbage team that just lost another game. And the point is, like, Matt LaFleur cranked it up to 10, and this time the team reached that level. You know, they matched the intensity of what was being asked of them, and that materialized into a win, which I'm sure shocked everybody, not just the fans. I'm sure players and coaches were not necessarily expecting you know, I mean, you, you you say it, and the players all say it, like, we're gonna be aggressive, we're gonna be this and that, and we're gonna call, you know, aggressive plays, and we're gonna take a shot right out of the gate to Christian Watson. But you have to understand that with that comes a much higher risk, and a much higher risk of, of really getting beat badly, not just losing, but getting beat badly. It's sort of like the, you know, the, the frustration people have with defense. I don't mean the Packers defense in particular, but I mean just defense in general when you know, the defenses tend to get conservative. And then what happens? They start chewing up a bunch of yard because you're just giving them that. And you're hoping that by running a bunch of little plays, they're not going to get down the field and score enough points fast enough to win the game. And a lot of people get annoyed by that, even if it is a winning strategy. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but it's irrelevant. But the point is what people generally want is to keep playing the way you're playing, even though it makes you more susceptible to what they're going to be doing, which is a lot of bigger plays. They want to take the big shot. And defensive coordinators look at it and say, that's the one thing we're taking away. And in doing so, they forfeit some of the shorter stuff. But anyways, I mean, it's just, it's it's a high-risk play. And um, I think overall it panned out, even though some of the time you can look at it and say it was a bad individual decision. There was an overall plan of being aggressive. And I think the result was fantastic. That's not to say that it won't happen and backfire in the future, because it probably will. But I think my stance on it is going to be, I'd rather be aggressive and fail then be passive and lose, or passive, well, eh, passive and win is great, but you get what I'm saying. So the other day when I was, uh, you know, you always dismantle the turkey at the end of the day, stick it in however you save it. Mm -hmm. I was catching up on an old podcast where I didn't hear the beginning, and I heard you you talking about, like, how your brain goes off of these trails and you imagine having superpowers or being a billionaire, yes. 
I do that all the time. Good. Always Thank done you. that. Um, when it's uh, when it's about a money thing, you know, obviously I think of uh, what everybody would want to do, take care of everyone that I've ever known. Oh, yeah. Build a house out in the middle of nowhere, live off the grid. Uh, as far as the superpowers thing, I always, I always think, you know what I would do is I would go to Green Bay during the like, training camp, and I would, because they have open, you know, if you, if you go in there and you run a, a 3-9-40, they'd take a look at you. Mm-hmm. So I would just quietly get picked on their team, obviously not exposing my entire skill set because you can't, you know, like run a 0-40. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. have to at least run like a 4-1 yeah. or a 3-9. can't go too fast because then people start to wonder. Um, and I would just pick the position of running back and I would literally carry the Packers on my back to like five straight Super Bowls and then and then slowly retire, you know. Hey, I know I'm I'm 53 now. It'll be one of those weird things. Where did this guy come from, you know? Yeah. Why did he ever play when he was in college? Well, you know, we had this excuse. I broke my foot, couldn't play, whatever. And uh, so I would just make sure the Packers won like four or five Super Bowls in a row. And then just retire and be, you know, look back at all the Packers Super Bowls. Obviously, well, if I'm going to do four or five, got to do seven. Because doesn't New England have six? So got to be that record. Uh, and that's, that's where my brain always goes, because, you know, uh, if you have superpowers, clearly, what do you want to do? Like, save the planet, help people, or make your favorite football team win Super Bowl? Duh. It's, not even, it's a no-brainer. Right. For sure. Maybe, maybe do the saving people on the, on the side, you know. But anyway, yeah, 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 there's other people whose brains go to La La Land. It's kind of fun. It's a good way to release, you know? Yep. Uh, People have always done that, you know? But anyways, uh, pretty sure this might make it in before the next game. I'm sure you have a plethora of phone calls. Quite a few. Given the fact that we uh, uh, stomped the Lions at the next year. But hey, uh, go back up. I'm just glad I'm not alone. I did tell one of my friends at one point. I was like, it's kind of weird, but like sometimes he's like, dude, I do that all the time. So I'm glad it's uh, me and you and uh, at least one other guy, Nico. I will say I've I've never actually thought about superpowers that would put me on the team because I don't think I'd want to play, but I have thought about being front office. You know what I mean? Just like if, if you could, you know, whatever the power, see the future or just know stuff or whatever. I don't know, but it would be pretty fantastic to even. I I wouldn't even like want to be the GM. It'd be cool to be like a consultant. Like I could stay home. Nobody knows who I am. I'm not looking for the stupid record. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to be at the forefront doing press conferences and stuff. But like Gutekunst like picks up on it. So what what would happen is generally how this works is I have the I, I just all I want to do is the podcast. That's how ridiculous I am. What would you do with superpowers? Keep doing the podcast. What'd you do if you won the lottery? Do a podcast in a super futuristic fort that I built, and I would hire all my friends and we you know hang out and do the podcast and play video games and eat good food. But I would do the podcast, and I would get a lot of stuff right, because I know everything. And then the Packers would find out, and they'd reach out, and they'd ask me to take on a secret consulting role, and I would accept. And I would feed them lots of great information. Because even if you can't see the future, if you just like know everything from, like, from this moment on into the past, you can't see the future, but you can see everything from right now. Like I, I know what's going on, and I know the Bears' game plan. 
I know what they're planning to do. I know the playbook. I mean, I, I don't know how crazy you want to get with it, but like I could I could help you, you know, as far as the draft. I mean, I could kind of help with some of the off the field stuff. I mean, most of the things you know, but I, whatever you need, man, I got your back. Trying to trade players, you know, negotiations with players could help you out with that. Could kind of cut through some of the some of the BS and just get down to the bottom line. Like, what's the bottom number? Like, I know the bottom number. Instead of they're holding firm at this, like, no, he's not. He's full of crap. But my 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 favorite part about that whole thing is knowing all the team's big boards for the draft. That's always my favorite, most exciting part is I know exactly what their boards look like. I know exactly what they think because that's the whole offseason is trying to determine who likes who and what are they looking at and all this stuff. And we read between the lines trying to figure everything out. It's like, I know everything. Like Gutekunst went to go watch Iowa State. Like, what's he doing over there? I know exactly what he's doing over there. There's this guy and they're all really jacked up about it. Like, it's crazy. Then I can look and say, you know, they got this guy at like number 40 and nobody else has him in the top 60, so we're almost guaranteed to draft that guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I do the things that I do. Hey! <laughs> Snacks. What's up, brother? What's up, Mike? Snacks. What up? Um, you know, I finally got through all the uh, After Dark and your podcast and whatever else. Yeah, all that I stuff. don't know what was going on with my messages. I was out with my folks, and they live out in the middle of the country, middle of nowhere, outside Green Bay. So as I was running inside and outside of the house making calls and screaming <laughs> excitement whatever else, some of it might have gotten... Whatever it was, we appreciated it. Boston Translation, so apologies for that. And also, I think I was talking quite quickly with the excitement. I think I have to take a, uh, a page out of here... <laughs> your prize picks, but that, and, uh, slow it down a notch. Um, anyway, I, uh, the, the Jordan love thing that you did, I, that was, that was really interesting. And I actually, I enjoyed that. I'm, I'm stuck in traffic right now, driving through Chicago on my way back down to Nashville from Green Bay. But, um, I also, with all those, does everybody live in Tennessee? Why is everybody down there? And why didn't anybody invite me? You don't think I want to live in Tennessee? Why is everybody in Tennessee? Anyways. All those stats and whatever else that are trending in the right way, um, which is all fantastic, uh, especially from how poor that they were. Uh, I also, the, what was the, the Supreme Court justice when talking about pornography? He's like, well, trying to find it. Well, we may not be able to find it, but when you know it, you, know when it, when you, you see, see it. it yeah. And I think with, with Jordan, I, I mean, I think we're starting to know it because we can see it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is funny because I'm like trying to explain to people like, look, he's actually doing better. And it's like, I know, dude, I watched it. Like, I, <laughs> I'm glad you can quantify it, but a hundred percent. I, I know. Thank you. He's always been really composed. Not always. I mean, that's such a short career, but he's been composed from the jump. The accuracy stuff was a little bit off, but you think about you know, some of the times he, he caught some bad breaks with either penalties or drops or busted up plays that should have happened. Now, he was at fault for a lot, a lot. So he doesn't get a pass. But I do think confidence and momentum are a very funny thing, man, especially when it comes to athletes and younger ones. Um, and, you know, I feel like every time I call, I'm always talking about the mojo and momentum and whatever else. And, you can tell that there's some progression, some building. The chest is getting a little more swole. He's standing a little taller. 
and the guys around him rallied around him too, which is great. And he rallied around them, I think, in the tough times, which means a lot too. So, um, I loved it all. Uh, that that game was was an absolute blast. I thought my old man was going to have about four heart attacks, <laughs> but he, he pushed on through. <laughs> um, so anyway, man, that's it. Thanks for everything, man. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'll talk slower next time. I promise. Later. Oh, you're good, man. Snacks always gets me jacked up. It's going to be a sad day when he gets mad at me one day. But yeah, that's that the confidence momentum thing. It, it's it bothers me because it's real and we all know it's real, but it's hard to quantify and it's hard to like sink your teeth into it. You know, on the podcast tomorrow, I think, talk a little bit about um, you know, the Packers receivers and Jordan getting together during the season and kind of working through some stuff and and it's like I I like that because I can kind of sink my teeth into it. It's something tangible and physical that you can look at and connect and say, okay, they're doing this, therefore it's turning into this, and it gives me reason to believe it's going to continue. This mythical force that's floating around, like mojo, it's like, I I know it's there. I know it's real, but it's hard to get my brain to acknowledge that it's something that is real and is going to continue to carry this team where it needs to go. It's like faith or love or whatever. It's like, it's, I know it's a real thing, but I just, it's not a, where is it? What do I, how do I touch it? That's what she, never mind. Tell you what, let's take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ryan. Kyle from Madison. What's up, man? What's up, dude? So it's, what is it, Saturday night. I finally got my hands on some All-22 tape. Nice. In particular, um, Jordan Love tape. Yeah. Throughout different means. And goodness, goodness. I mean, <laughs> what am I even looking at here, Ryan? Because there are... You know, a lot of times when you see the, the, the tape and then you're like, oh, that kind of could have gone either way or this or that. No, 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 no. Like, first of all, the Lions are super lucky that Love didn't hang at least two more on them. There was just a couple fractions of a section of a second where the section didn't hold. Otherwise, I think it could have been a lot worse. 
But the the variety of ridiculous arm angles that he is using, the things that he's doing out there, the completely no feet on the ground as he's twerking his body yeah. for some 20-yard pass, and most of them are working for him. You know what I mean? Like, his mechanics on some of them are wonky, but he, like, he just has the power to drive it in there. If, but just imagine if I could have somehow time traveled and brought you this game tape in July. If you knew nothing else about the season, I just presented this to you. Like, here's, here's Jordan Love on and the Packers on Thanksgiving. How quickly would you have signed up for what you just saw? You know, and I think, like, we got to kind of keep perspective on it. I know it's been a long road, but but some of the stuff that, that are on that tape um, are just totally, I mean, head exploding. I don't want to say mystical, but, like, we're getting there. We're getting there to where that's a mystical experience watching that freaking game tape. Um, there are things that I'm seeing there that I don't even dare to say out loud or dream about, even though they're right in front of me because of kind of what, what it could possibly, possibly mean. And I'm not going to put the, uh, horse before the cart or the cart before the horse, excuse me. But watching some of that tape, I mean, that is some really, really good quarterbacking. Um, and it can get even better. So this is going to be an interesting couple weeks, man. Talk to you later. Yeah, I, I, you know, trying to temper my expectations, but, you know, like you said, sometimes you see stuff that's just like, come on, man, this guy's good. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you see, it's so hard because with Jordan, you just see flashes of, it's not just like a lot of other quarterbacks where when they're, when they, you know, you think about uh, Kirk Cousins or even Tom Brady, like when they're good, they're just, they're just good. They're efficient. They are accurate. They are on time, in rhythm. When Jordan's good, he looks like Aaron Rodgers. He looks like Pat Mahomes. He just has that different style of, like, just, just, I don't know. I I know I don't need to explain it because you understand it, but it's just a certain play style that the top of the top guys have. Now, some guys have it, and they suck. And that may still be the case with Jordan Love, but again, it, it's it's the exact thing I always said about him. They they picked him because he has a really high ceiling, which is a classic Packers thing to do, right? He's a low floor, high ceiling guy. At his ceiling, he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to reach that? Probably not. But they don't want to draft an Andy Dalton, you know? Why not go for the whole thing? Especially if you know he's going to sit and develop for a while, which is the whole thing with him. Like he's he's got a he's got an Aaron Rodgers ceiling, but he's going to need some time to develop. Like dope because we got Aaron Rodgers. So who better to teach him how to be Aaron Rodgers while also allowing him to sit and learn? So you know, I mean, it, it's like I've always said with Jordan Love. There's no better situation in the world for him than in Green Bay. If he if he doesn't succeed here, he never would have succeeded anywhere. Matt Lafleur is very good with quarterbacks. Number one, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He needed time to develop. The Packers are one of the only teams that would have drafted him and then given him time to develop behind Rodgers with Matt LaFleur. I mean, it is, it is the, the ultimate situation. If there was any situation anywhere in the world that was going to unlock Jordan Love to turn him into a premier quarterback in the NFL, it was in Green Bay. And again, you see the flashes and it's not just like, oh, if you look at the stats, he was efficient and he, he made all the pat. No, it's like, he had a guy in his face and he broke the pocket and he threw across his body off his back foot and it was a freaking dot. And you see that and it's like, oh, don't do this to me. Oh, I want to believe so bad. Don't do this to me, Jordan. Like, you, you don't understand. I got two kidneys, bro. 
Apparently, I don't really need one of them. I'd give one up. 15 years of Jordan, what am I going to be? I'm going to be be like 53 by the team. I mean, you know, the way I live my life, probably be kicking it at 65 anyways. That's pretty much locking in my entire life with elite quarterback play, assuming we can't get another one after this. Take the kidney, bro. I want it so bad. But I'm just going to relax. I'm going to keep my kidney. Can't have it. Sorry. But, I mean, it's it's all there. I mean, even, even just the... the there, there's sort of an unfair thing where because he learned behind Aaron Rodgers, everything looks the same. I mean, part of it is is the the footwork and everything that came from Matt LaFleur and all that. It, it looks the same because it's they're trained the same, but it, it just, he looks like Rodgers. So not only is his play style reminiscent of Rodgers already, but then it gets like transformed to look more like Rodgers when he's playing like Rodgers. And then he also has this gunslinger moniker, which is accurate, which of course makes Packer fans think about Brett Favre. So it's just like he's doing all this and he's playing well and he's starting to get the wow throws and the, you know, off the back foot stuff. And it's just like, man, I mean, I, again, I don't know. I don't know. He might suck. He, he might be really, 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 really bad at football. And this is just kind of a fluke. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you said he's either going to be really bad or really good. And we're trending in a very obvious direction right now. So I don't know, man. I mean, we'll, we'll just take it a week at a time. But again, I, I just, the problem that I'm having is I'm already developing way too much. Like, I'm, I'm telling myself, again, this is the whole head and heart thing. And I don't know which one's which, honestly, right now. I'm, I'm just so confused at this point. I'm like a teenager all over again. I'm so confused. Not like that. I just shut up. Anyways, I don't know what you were thinking. The problem I'm having is that I'm way too confident going into this Chiefs game. And I th- the reason that's a problem, number one, is it's not going to be as enjoyable because I'm going to be expecting things as opposed to kind of having the approach and I had approach I had with the, the Lions game. But the bigger issue is I know I'm never alone. I know for a fact that how I'm feeling is how lots and lots of Packer fans are feeling. And if we go in and look bad against the Chiefs, it's not just going to be like, well, that was expected. Now let's see if we can win the rest of these games. It's going to be, well, I guess it was a fluke. I guess Jordan's not the guy. I guess, you know, we need to get back to Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry and da 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 <sighs> But at the same time, like, I do think we can beat them. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's a part of me that, that says either we're going to lose and it's just going to be hell it's possible we we lose with dignity and, and everybody says, you know what, I still feel good about that game. There, there is a slim possibility of that. But more than likely, it's either we lose and we spiral out of control or we win the game. And I'm just, I'm, I shouldn't be so confident, but I just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, I'm just looking at it going, if we play the Chiefs like we played the Lions, we're going to win the game. Chiefs aren't that good. They're not that much better than the Lions. I mean, they're like the Lions. Maybe a slightly better defense than the Lions, a little, but we're at home, so that'll maybe make up the difference. And I don't think their offense is as good. And I know that sounds crazy because Pat Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera, but they've been struggling this year, big time. And the Lions are as scary, if not more, on offense. I mean, you know, with Goff, who's playing out of his freaking mind, and Amon Ross St. Brown is a top-tier wide receiver. I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been doing some damage, dude. 
if you have that same energy, that same intensity, if Jordan Love plays at that same level, if the wide receivers play at that same level, if the defense plays at that same level, you can make some mistakes. You can make a couple bad decisions I don't like and some aggressive calls that don't work. Little mistake here and there, but I mean, if if you can just copy paste that performance on top of the Chiefs, I think you I think you beat the crap out of them. So it's really just a question of like, is this for real? If it is, beat the Chiefs and make a statement right here and now that we are we are here to stay. You know, we might not be ready this year, but you better freaking get ready because we're going to the playoffs this year. And assuming we don't win it all, which we probably won't, you better absolutely mark it on your freaking calendar that within the next couple of years, we're going to be coming for that Super Bowl. Am I overstating it a bit? No. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. If you beat Detroit and then beat the Chiefs, you have beaten two of the best teams in the NFL, and you are the youngest team in football with a quarterback that is playing like a top-five quarterback. You think I'm overstating something? I'm overstating nothing. You assert yourself as one of the best teams in football today in year one of this whole new regime change. Beat the Chiefs. Beat the freaking Chiefs. That's all I got to say. Steve, what you got to say? Hey, Ryan. Steve, up in the last, man. What's up? Um, this has nothing to do with team, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you as a food thing because right. I was listening like to uh, your post-game stuff, post-Thanksgiving stuff, yeah. and you were talking about your... Just had a second Thanksgiving tonight, by the way. My wife's parents came over. It was it was freaking primo, man. Like My wife and I, we don't, we don't usually like cook together. But we kind of tag team some stuff and like so her dad gave us way too much money it was like here's some money we'll come over for dinner and it's like what the heck are we gonna do with all this money and so my wife's like steaks and i was like freaking okay so she went and got a bunch of steaks we had steaks for thanksgiving we had like mashed potatoes we had stuffing i made mac and cheese again and it was like the best mac and cheese that i've made the steaks were primo which I kind of cheated because I did sous vide and then just hit him on, kissed him on the grill, which, I mean, that's just a surefire way you can't miss with that. Um, stuffing is just out of a freaking box, but it's delicious. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, it, my, my daughter decided she was going to make brownies. Like, I, I was like, well, who the heck's in the oven right now? She's like, oh, I'm making brownies. Like, what? They were dope. Super, it was like pumpkin, Oreo, cookie dough brownies. Freaking money, dude. So that was pretty cool, man. We freaking knocked it out of the park. You know, mac and cheese and all yeah. stuff. Like blah, blah. But um, if, if you're having an issue with getting the proper flavor that you want out of things, yeah, um, salt is always. Oh yeah, dude. For you know, sure. you gotta watch. But you know, salt is a flavor enhancer. But also vinegar. Mm. Just a few drops in your macaroni and cheese sauce. Just a couple drops. Wow. Um, and, and, and that is a flavor enhancer that doesn't add the salt flavor, but it draws new flavors and enhances some flavors for you. Just, just put that out there. I just wanted to give that to you. It's funny you mention that because there have been just a handful of times in my life, and usually it's involving meat, that I've used like apple cider vinegar. And it's always like the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. And I just figure I like I enjoy apple cider vinegar or something like the flavor. I don't know what it is, but maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's just enhancing the flavor. I have no idea. But I've like what do you call it? I don't even know the terminology. But you you cook it in water in the oven or whatever in a liquid. And I've had like one was like a, a cooking wine I think, and one was was vinegar, and it was just like 
why is this so freaking good? It was unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to try. I, knew, I obviously knew about salt, but vinegar I did not. Thought about it about a week ago, um, but I didn't get around to anything because you know games and whatever. But anyways, um, letting you go, man. Just want to tell you that use a little bit of vinegar, just a few drops of vinegar into your mac and cheese sauce. Dude, now I want to. I've made way too much mac and cheese, and I just decided that. Well, I didn't just decide. I've been shamed into it. But like, I I got to get back on the on the eating right bandwagon. And mac and cheese is not it. But it's like, dude, now I got to try that. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could just make it for the family and be like, how does it taste? But anyways, if you got any other ideas of of things that aren't gonna you know make me gain weight, that'd be great. Some, uh, I know you like making the meat, man. Get back on the meat train. We'll make your uh, mac and cheese sauce taste better. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. It's awesome. I appreciate that. I'm always looking for that hidden, hidden secret. I, I got the mac and cheese pretty well down. I'm kind of stupid, though, because I don't use recipes. I'm, it's like I, I just learn how to do it, and then I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. And you just kind of wing it. Like, I don't like using recipes. It's stupid. Um, but then, it, like, that, that time you nail it, I'm never going to make that again. Like, I don't know how to get back there. So that's the only issue. But uh, Omar, what's going on, man? What's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. How you doing? Good. This will probably be one of my quickest calls. I'm going to try it. Now it's not because I said yeah. that. Anyway, uh, one thing is we need to get Rashawn Gary at, as comeback player of the year. He yeah. didn't die on me till this game because he basically messed his leg up last year on that field came out and balled out. And I haven't seen nobody talk about him being comeback player of the year. Yeah. You know, everybody talking about him, but he ain't really been playing. So it's like, I'm glad he ain't down the field, but Rashawn Gary is most definitely should be comeback player of the year. I can't think of anybody else who's having such a great season that... Well, you know who's going to win it. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that dirty bastard. He come If he comes back and completes like one touchdown pass, he's going to win it. Basically, he got hurt. So, In fact, if he just steps on the field, he's going to win it. We need to set that on Twitter, make that trend, start doing pictures up, posting it so the NFL can see it and be like, oh, yeah, Rashawn did come back from injury and is balling out. So that's the one thing. Um, Plus, thing is- I, I just feel like he's so disrespected generally. Like, outside, I mean, even, like, Packer fans, it's kind of split. Like, half the fan base is like, this guy truly is just an elite guy. He's just, you know, he's had injuries and he's been buried in the depth chart and there's too much of a rotation. Like he's been kind of stifled for lots of different reasons, but he is an unbelievable football player. Then you have the rest of Packer fans like, oh, the stats aren't there. And then just everybody else, the general consensus, it's kind of like Aaron Jones, where it's like, dude, you don't understand. Jones has been like a top five running back every year that he's been playing. It's like, no, he's like, he's good. Like we like Aaron Jones. He's fine. He's not in the upper echelon. Like F you. Yes, he is. You suck. Get out of my face. It's 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 the same with Rashawn. It's just like, he's fine. He's okay. But he's like a second, third tier kind of guy. He's not. I just, I don't think he ever is or probably ever will get there. Because it's very similar to Aaron Jones. Like, he's not going to get the volume to get the big numbers to be able to demonstrate to everybody how good he is. It's just not a thing that's going to happen. Yes, I'm listening to you compare Jordan Love so like the other QBs and how good he's doing, that's positive. Yeah. Every single one of those QBs you mentioned, though, has a certified number one wide receiver. Sure. That's the only thing that I'm like, I know it's a luxury pick, 
But since receiver is deep this year, I still feel like we should draft one high in the first or second. I know we need a tackle. I get it. I understand it. We got a starting tackle right now in the seventh round. Well, it's it's funny too. It just immediately makes me think of the Bengals, right? The Bengals had Penny Sewell sitting there, and they went with Jamar Chase. And and you know, I was very opposed to that. And I think a lot of people are. And I think you can say that that was a vindicated thing now because you look at how beat up he is. But Jordan Love isn't playing behind that Bengals offensive line. He has a decent offensive line right now, significantly better than than what um, Joe Burrow had to deal with. And if you look at it and say, like, okay, but what if you could pick Jamar Chase and you had the Packers offensive line, which right now is, let's just say it's top 10. We don't need to get into the nuance, but as a pass-blocking offensive line, it is not debatable that it's top 10. Tackle's important. But if we look at the Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase, and there might not be a Penny Sewell or a Jamar Chase in this class. Let's leave Marvin Harrison out of it because it's not relevant. But let's, whatever. Let's just say that's those two are available. Which one would you pick for Jordan Love? Like, it, it feels like the trenches, the tackle, that's the most important thing to do. But man, oh man, that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow thing, I mean, you're, you're talking about that, that just, immediately we're talking about like best offense in football. And I don't think that happens if we if you draft Penny Sewell. Now, Joe Burrow might have a career, but it, it's not going to be as good of a one. But I, I think it's worth questioning because Jamar Chase was a phenomenal pick. It's just that was such an unbelievably bad offensive line, you have to assume Penny Sewell might have been the better option. But for Jordan Love, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I would happily take either, no doubt about it. They're great football players. But, dude, Jamar Chase, come on, man. You know, so he, he can be upgraded, yes. But if you give us a number one wide receiver, I'm not saying pass the number one tackle to get a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but if you can get us a number one wide receiver, man, I'm telling you, that will do them but help him even more. And then we will have a great receiving core where if we miss a one or two guys, we still good. You know what I'm saying? So that's I'm going to get off my soapbox from that. But that's why I'm saying that, guys. I know we, we, we need a lot of other positions, but – Every great quarterback has a number one wide receiver. The only one that's been winning and ain't really had it is on Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I'm telling you, everybody got at least one certified number one. Um, and yep, those are my only two things I wanted to mention. So hope y'all had a happy Thanksgiving and start shopping for Christmas, taking all my dad's on money. It's my yeah. kids. Yeah, right. Um, it gets worse as they get older, not easier. As you can buy cheap things like toys and action figures. When they're young, then, you know, when they get up to, like, 15, 16, buy Xboxes and Playstations, and, you know, you give them $300, look different at, at a 16-year-old than it does, you know, a 5-year-old, you spend 150 <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, go back, go. I'm out. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's so hard because... I don't want to undercut the guys that we have, and I don't want to say that there's no chance that Dobbs or whoever can become that guy, or even Christian Watson. Like, you know, who's to say he can't be a number one just because he seems to be, you know, he doesn't really play like an X or whatever. Maybe he can get there. I don't know. But it it just, it does feel like, and again, like I've said, and I don't think too many people would disagree, there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of twos. That's, That's fantastic, having a bunch of twos. Um and even that might be somewhat disrespectful because you're talking about, you know, outside of the top 32. Like, I, don't, I don't know that it's unreasonable that they could sneak in. You know, I think Christian Watson did last year. He was inside the top 32. 
but like truly top tier, like top 10 type of guys. I, I don't see them getting in there, uh, top 15, whatever. And, um, I mean, there's just, there's no doubt you see the, the impact that these number one wide receivers are having. Um, I mean, even, even the Jets, I mean, you know, if they got a quarterback in there, it's like you got a defense, you got that number one wide receiver. Do they have an offensive line? No. They have a run game. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, it's a, they don't have a number two wide receiver. They don't really have a tight end. But you put Aaron Rodgers in there, and, you know, again, he, he's probably going to have a hard time. You can't have a terrible offensive line, but still, it's just look at Buffalo, right? As soon as that wide receiver got there, blew up. Um, it's just, it, it, it makes such a big impact on, on teams, especially when you have a quarterback that can play. So um, again, I don't, I don't want to undercut the guys we have, but it just feels to me like I don't know that they're ever really going to get there. And that's, that's really not meant to be a slam. I love the guys we have. I think they're good players. I, I think that they can play for us for a long time at a high level, but do I, would it be nice to have, like I said, like a Devonte Adams or whatever, and have like these other guys? Yeah, and 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 I've, 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 I guess I've I've changed my tune, I guess, a little bit on that. If you would have asked me this maybe two years ago, I I maybe would have lent, leaned more toward like first of all, let's let these guys play and develop. Second of all, it's just not the biggest need right now. You know, let's focus on tackle and and safety and maybe corner or whatever. But it just, I think one of the things too that has really kind of changed my tune on it is the hit rate for wide receivers. I mean, it's just so, it didn't used to be this way. You know, I've mentioned before, there was a time when first round wide receivers were just busting everywhere. They all sucked. But it just seems like the last three, four, however many years they're coming out and they're just dominating. And I remember it was Benjamin Solak um, actually did a, a long video on it. I think I played it on the podcast, but explaining essentially why these guys are coming out and dominating and why it's it's not a fluke it's real and it's not going to change and so if you start talking about the hit rate being through the roof i mean it's it's kind of a no-brainer like you got to do it especially if you need it you know i mean if even if you don't if you have a number one like dude you'd have two number ones you know if you've if you got like a 75 percent chance as opposed to like a 45 with all the other positions making up the numbers but i'm just saying i don't know let, let what we'll, we'll see how it plays out We'll see how it goes with the receivers. We'll see how it goes with Jordan. We'll see how it goes with the defense and with everybody else, and we'll we'll reevaluate. But at this point in time, um, adding firepower to this like young and fired up and aggressive group of guys, just getting an absolute freaking dog in there. I don't know, man. I'm not a I'm not opposed to it. I tell you what. I think we only took one break. And I was going to take another break, but I, I really do have to get out of here. I just do not have the time. Still got to upload all this and whatnot. Plus, it's almost 10 o'clock, and I keep putting these out too late. Um, why don't we leave it at that? Thank you all for tuning in. Have yourselves a fantastical night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.